What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards. Thank you for stopping by and listening to my podcast about collecting sports cards. So happy to have you here. And also, got to tell you, I got a lot of gratitude. And I'm very fortunate that I am able to get up here every week and publish an episode or two about the passion of the hobby and is something that I deeply love and know you on the other side of this, listening to this episode, spending time out of your day to listen to some content about sports cards that you love sports cards too. And so let's do this. It is snowing here in Indianapolis. I'm traveling back from a lake house around the corner, not too far away. Spent some time with friends this weekend away from the little one, got a little escape, got a little reprieve. There was a lot of unhealthy eating and habits going on. We had the football going on. It was just nice to peel back for a day. So I am feeling actually very well rested, and I am here to deliver an episode about this hobby and what we do to go out and get the cards that we love. I'm going to be talking about direction and the importance of having direction in this episode. I'm going to also share a little bit about community um, and also end it with this kind of question that I have been weaving through each of these episodes, and that is the question of why we collect, adding a little bit more on top of that. But does that sound like a good format to you? I hope so. Hopefully you are nodding. I think the escape that sports cards presents is a macro theme that I continue to talk about on this show. It is something that whenever I am zeroed in laser focus on the hobby, whether it's interacting, whether it's doing the Instagram thing, searching for cards at shows, on the pursuit, on the trail to find the grails that I need to help fill out my PC. I just think about how fortunate I am to have this distraction. And when I am involved in this escape or distraction, nothing else really comes to mind or is in my focus. And I think that's really important as busy people who have motivation and ambition to have a career that we can provide for our families and be do something that we're proud of. We've got families, we've got children, we've got spouses, we've got boyfriends, girlfriends, you name it. And I think that we all need an opportunity to express ourselves in our own individual way and get away from the work and all the trials and tribulations of life and do that. Having the opportunity to do that with sports cards is really awesome. And so I think we as collectors try to protect this. Um, And when we see things coming in that appear funny, we get defensive because we want to protect this escape that we all have. And I can tell you right now, it's like my personal use case, my standard days, I'm getting up, I'm working out, I'm taking care of my daughter, I'm taking my daughter to school, um, I'm going back home, I'm grinding it. I'm grinding out, doing my work thing, and I'm going, picking her up, feeding, doing the walk, bath time, 
Cocoa Melon all the way, getting my daughter to bed, doing the take out the trash, all the chores, dishwasher, laundry, folding. So there's this moment in my night. There's this moment in my night where I grab my phone, I get on my couch, and I unlock the hobby. And there's a couple hours dedicated to this. It is, and I don't know what else is happening in the world. I don't know what any news stories. I don't know what people, what's trending on Twitter. I don't know, and I don't care because that's my time in the hobby and my time as an escape. And I love it. And I know all of you are out there doing the same thing, but I just want to say, like, do whatever you can to make sure that you are in a place where you're enjoying the hobby, this escape, at the highest of levels, and finding maximum happiness. Because when you do, this thing sinks its teeth in you, and you're here forever. And that's what rules about sports cards. There's football happening, big time football happening. And as I record this, I'm, I'm recording this my standard spot on Sundays. So the second slate of weekend games in the divisional round haven't gone on yet. Watch the, the Mahomes injury of it all. And I'll say this, Jaguars, if you're a fan, you got to be happy. Went above and beyond to have a season from the doldrums all the way to the divisional round, losing an arrowhead. Not anything to be ashamed of. Mahomes with the ankle. We'll see how it goes. I hope he's all right. When he got hurt, I was like, man, I just wanted to watch Mahomes all day. And so they squeaked that out, got the win, double-digit dub. And so I'm excited to see what happens in these other games. Um, And then the evening game, I had it wrong. Not necessarily uh, I, I was surprised, I guess, at just how bad the Eagles beat down on the Giants. I I expected it to be closer. The Giants were felt like they had the hot hand and it felt like I'd seen it we've seen it so many times that you have a team that's maybe not trending as high as they were and they also have the bye that could be trouble trained. But you know, I think the Eagles showed why they had the best regular season uh record and why Jalen Hurts was in the MVP conversation. So Eagles have come out to play. We got a couple bangers on the other side of this. See what happens. Uh, But I love the playoffs. There's so much drama and fun. Um, So I'm saddling up personally for some time in front of the TV to watch some football. Um, I'm also paying attention to my Colts. It's like another season within the season with them interviewing everyone and you got the draft coming up and you've got the three quarterback prospects and there's no front runner. So I'm trying to do my own analysis and um, there's still a lot of time left, but it's a blast. And I think that's why I love being a fan of something and being such a football fan. I'm having a blast, even though my team has been eliminated for, it seems like a whole season ago, they've been eliminated, but enjoying being a fan and being a spectator of all the activity. I want to send my condolences, thoughts, and prayers out to the wrestling community. Definitely lost a unbelievable talent in a tragic accident. Jay Briscoe this this week, uh, this past week, it happened after I recorded the last episode. Um, I think never good to lose someone, especially someone so young. I think it's incredible to see the response and the memories 
So I know I have done my fair share of uh, going through the YouTube machine and watching old Briscoe matches. And so many of you out there who know I'm a wrestling fan have sent um, old interviews, promos, matches. And I think that's a really good thing. So um, tragic situation. But again, like it seems like these things happen every couple of years or, or so, but which isn't good, but then it, you see the response from the rest of the community and just trying to memorialize someone like Jay Briscoe, and it's an incredible thing. And speaking of wrestling, we've got the Royal Rumble on the other side of this, which is my favorite event. It's so much fun. I've been so often. It's in San Antonio. Been to a Royal Rumble in San Antonio, um, and we'll see what happens. There's always excitement. It's kind of the road to WrestleMania, so that'll be gearing up. Wrestling cards have been a primary focus for me. We'll talk a little bit about that more in the community portion of this episode. But I'm just a wrestling fan, man. I love football. I love wrestling. It's not to say I don't like basketball, too. I like basketball. I like other sports. But it just seems like when I'm my primary focus, when I need to turn my brain off, when I'm kind of toggling in between the hobby and something else, wrestling is always front and center. It always has been. It's how I'm wired. It's what's entertained me my whole life. And the fact that I get to express this through collecting, especially modern collecting, is really good. And I love it. And I'm going to talk more about that. The community is awesome. I want to thank Jason Ginter Gold Fever. So much passion around that 2006 Allen and Ginter set. So many new people entering my hemisphere because of Jason and people that probably weren't regular listeners of the show. But um, as he is somewhat of a community organizer in that segment, came into the Stacking Slabs hemisphere to go check out that episode. So if you came by and you're coming back because uh, of of that episode, um, welcome to the party. Um, we talk about sports card collecting here. Appreciate it. I mean, I think approaching a specific set allows you to have a- an absolute appreciation for that product and maybe um, starting a website and starting a community is the extreme and it's the awesome extreme, but that doesn't mean you need to go to those lengths. I think just appreciation of specific products. And one of the things I've realized about my collecting is that I tend to, as I grow older in the hobby, uh, focus in on the product in the card, the the product in the card, and then see if there's a path to collecting. Just because I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And I'm like the kid approach that if I get the mail day and I take the card out, it, the, the aesthetics and the appearance and the shine and the all the all the things have to make me feel something because we're spending a lot of money on these. And if the card itself or the product doesn't connect back or doesn't have a path to start something new, then to me, it's not necessarily worth my time. I'm not in here for it to be transactional. I'm here to build and connect my collection to a broader picture. And so Obviously, with when you're going out and you're pursuing a whole entire set around that's as robust as a as uh, the 2006 Allen and Ginter, you're going to have that appreciation. And so, I think set collecting. One of the things that I've learned from talking to uh, Jason and others is that it gives you a little bit of a, a break from the trials and tribulations of player collecting and the lulls that might exist. I know I'm feeling a little bit of a lull on the Peyton Manning side. Just I have not really connected or found whether it was a price point, just a a Peyton that I wanted to go after. And so that doesn't force me not to go buy cards or collect, but it 
it allows me to go find a set or product and little mini projects that I can build off of. So I've been really inspired by talking to those collectors and learning from them. And that's why I wanted to bring um, Hedges cards on this week. So I'm going to have that conversation. I would say when you're thinking about modern product and a passion for a modern product, I have not seen anyone who has gone is all in as he has on his Panini one-in-one set um, on the basketball side. I mean, go check out his page, um, hedges.cards. And he's been doing these mail days recently and they're just insane what he's doing. And I have been so fascinated by it. Um, And he doesn't just collect Panini one-on-one. He's a Donovan Mitchell and he collects some other guys, but he's very focused in on this aesthetic through my observation of he knows what he likes. He knows what he doesn't like. And so he finds these sets that he gravitates to and he just goes all in. And I love this approach. I think there's so much passion there. So Excited to bring him on to learn a little bit about where he's coming from and what he's doing. So be on the lookout. That episode will drop on Friday. One of the primary things that I want to talk about in this conversation is direction. I think one of the most important things that I've learned about maximizing my own personal happiness in the hobby is having some sense of direction. Direction provides purpose. It provides intention. And I think whenever I'm making a financial decision involving cards, I want to make sure that I have intention behind them. Or whenever I'm making a financial decision in general, I try to make sure that I have intention behind that in my life. I think cards is just a moment to help reinforce this. We all have collector compasses. And we're all trying to find our collector compass if we don't know where it's at, because we want to make sure that we're able to navigate away from things that we don't like about collecting and move towards things that we enjoy. Part of the maturity and the the kind of the maturation curve of the collector is understanding that you don't need to be involved in conversations about things in the hobby that are putting you down. And the next level unlock superpower is when you have the ability to drown the stuff out and not get stuck in the muck and the mire. Trust me, there's so much stuff in the hobby that goes on on a regular basis that one, I don't care about, or two, pisses me off. And having the restraint to not get involved in those conversations and not express my opinion and not point fingers is really hard. But I think as I've matured in the hobby, I've understood that, you know what? Let people do their thing. Let people get into other people's business. Let people talk about certain things about cards that I might not be attracted to. And just that's the nature of the beast. Not everyone's going to do the hobby the way you you do. But I think when you're able to find your collector compass and you're able to have direction, then you start to get inspired and you start to treat the hobby in a much different light. And it's a light that's going to bring you as the collector more joy and more satisfaction. I think when you are focused on a destination for you, where you want your collection to go, you begin to earn rewards. And there are these moments of satisfaction on your way to that um, North Star. And I think we should all have North Stars. And it can be a specific card. It can be a collection of cards. It can be where you want your ho- your collection to be. But we should have the North Star. And I think having a North Star in your collection can always help you provide direction. I think about this more recently, and I've not expressed this, but I've been thinking a lot about this, is how like collecting cards, I feel at times in a weird, odd way that it's like, I feel like I'm in a video game. And I feel like I'm trying to jump levels and I'm trying to earn points and attributes and thinking about 
what I'm doing as a way to express myself, but also it feels at times like I'm locked in a game trying to jump levels. And I think in the hobby, it can be that you are collecting a specific subset of cards with a goal to reach your your own personal grail. One thing I'm constantly heard and learn from others is that the more time you invest, the more years you put into it, the more you get rewarded on the back end. And I think with an investment of time and energy comes a clarity of direction. Time, focus, all that stuff, it matters. Experience matters. And I think one of the hardest things to understand in the moment when we're trying to is to try to identify the intersection where our collecting reaches personal happiness and it's for us. And then also it's this getting out in front of something. So it's like, you know that groove you're in when you find something and it's bringing you so much joy and maybe you're not paying an arm in a lane because other people aren't there yet. I think when we're able to find those moments, that is amazing. And it should be, you shouldn't have to turn over your shoulder. You shouldn't have to seek approval from someone else in the hobby or another participate to say, you know what? Yeah, go that direction because I'm going that direction. If we both go that direction, then they're going to, these cards are going to go to the moon. It's almost like you don't even think about the the monetary value to it. It's just that the fact that you're able to um, buy cards that make you happy and are providing you that sense of direction. And then also like the, on the back end, it's like, man, if these cards were two or three X what I'm paying for them, I'd still buy them. And when we're in that groove and we feel like it's, it's giving us happiness, it feels like we're getting out in front of something like, that to me is the best direction that we can possibly have. And don't ask for approval from anyone else. We know when those moments happen and just try to protect it and enjoy it and buy those damn cards at the discounted rate in your mind. I think the last couple of years, our the hobby mainstream was all following each other. And it got to this point where things just started to happen, where people were wondering this doesn't make any sense, but this is what everyone else is doing. And because what it's whatever what else is doing, this is what I should be doing. And I think that is never a good way to approach the hobby. And um, the f- part about collecting cards that I think is so powerful is that it's an expression and we get the ability to express ourselves in a way that is unique and different than everybody else. And um, it, there's no the when we start trying to keep up with the Joneses in the hobby, and we start trying to compare ourselves to others, that's when it goes sideways, and that's when it goes wrong. And I can just think of some examples off the top of my head: prison base craze. That, like, looking back on that now, that didn't make any sense, and it'll never make any sense. You had the bubble investment craze, the bull bull era of sports card collecting, and that really all doesn't make any sense. And you had. The Michael Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe pump where every card was going up into the moon and people were paying ridiculous prices on those cards of any cards of those guys just because that's what everyone was doing. I remember when people were coming back from the Dallas card show and it was all about Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant was on the nets and his cards were going to the moon and everyone was forecasting championships because of it. Then we had the Brady and Mahomes Super Bowl, which was good because it interjected vibrance and excitement into the football card market. But just like with anything, things got a little sideways and things went crazy. We started to prospect NFL quarterbacks the way that other sports had had happened. But we weren't just paying 
a couple hundred dollars for these players. We're paying thousands, in some cases, tens of thousands of dollars of guys who've never done anything and will never do anything. But what we're we're trying to do is pass the hot potato. And I think passing the hot potato or being involved in the, the hot potato path is never healthy. It's never good. And so I'm always trying to avoid those types of things. And you had the Marvel cards and you had the F1 cards and Lord, heaven forbid, the WWE prison pump and all of these things. I think if you pull back these use cases, you'll likely find that those who are the most impacted by these things were likely the, those that were buying not because of passion and those people didn't have direction. People listening and who I interact with have direction and most of that direction can't be replicated. It's, a, it's good to learn from those with direction, but that doesn't mean we need to copy them. I think once you find direction, you'll never turn back and you'll keep trudging along and you'll keep moving on your path because it is the path where your collector compass is taking you and it is a path of passion. And that's what I love about the hobby. There's so much that we can learn from past experiences and new experiences. And the more that we get up and we share and talk about it, the more we're going to enjoy learning from other people's experiences. And I love this hobby and there's so much to talk about. There's so much to collect. And I don't struggle any week getting up here and sharing some topics that are on my mind. And one of those is the power of community and embracing the people around you and what you're doing. And people have gravitated to this. And I've been talking a lot about this recently, but just this shrinking of the hobby scene. And I think the people that are involved in those segments that you see and you're a part of are there because passion comes first and the money comes secondary. I think there is this desire to rather have cards rather have cards than have the money or to treat the cards like they're a vehicle in the end destination is money. I think right now I've seen so much passion in a lane that I collect in, which I love is, and that's the wrestling card community. The wrestling card community, it feels like a, like an underdog community and it feels like it's a little different than some of the mainstream areas because these people who are involved for the most part are out there because they want the cards and they're building out their collections and it's a collecting community. And that's what's so fun. And this past week, there's been a lot of voices emerging, sharing content and educating. Shout out to my man, Adam Gelman, WWE Gelman. He's making videos on new sets and trying to educate the audience. He put out an article about uh, the headline was 2022 Panini Prism WWE Rock Gold, a card that always starts a fight. It was a great article, and it said so much about the current state of the hobby. It said so much about uh, different areas of the community coming together to talk about that card. And it wasn't negative. It was data-driven, and there was a bunch of stuff in there that I found very valuable. And I think the more people in specific segments are getting up and are writing or talking on a podcast or doing videos, that's really good because you're trying to educate and you're trying to use facts to educate instead of opinions. And we know when we get in opinions and we can begin to talk about how much we love certain cards and how they we think they should be worth more than they do, like stuff starts to get sideways. But anyways, I'm I also wanted to shout out Zan wrestling with cards. Uh, he had Corey, my buddy Apocalypse cards on there and just they talked about so many different ways to collect wrestling cards. And I think this is really cool. It's it inspiring to me and i just love listening to other people who have similar passions i think 
there's so much people in that wrestling card community that support and look out for people. And I think the more you give, the more you get back. It's one of those things. And I think wrestling card collectors who just collect wrestling cards don't necessarily know the lineage of Panini and what cards perform well over a long period of time. So people are learning. And I think there's been channels for education to go around this. And I think that's cool. It's a community helping each other out in a community that knows that the more education you're putting in and conversations you're having, the more successful and the more energy and fun and more people are going to probably come into those segments. And this isn't just exclusive to wrestling cards. This is happening in other pockets. I've been seeing kind of nineties football collectors kind of forming these groups and they're educating, bringing up old products. And this is happening throughout the hobby and it's happening in areas that I'm not even paying attention to, but I think the punchline is it's all about the community. And I think I think for me, it's too, is when you're up there expressing yourself, having fun, and you're being, you're super passionate, then cards come your way. And I posted John Cena Gold Prism earlier this week that I acquired. And that card meant a lot to me because it was a card when Prism dropped. I was like this, and I started to see the pumped up prices. I was like, this is a card I'm never going to get because the prices were outrageous and to the moon. Well, things tempered off and things died down. And when things temper off or things die down, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a failure. It means probably that it's a good time to buy cards. And that's how I feel. So I got that card because somebody came to me and said, hey, I just pulled this from a pack. Would you be interested? And so the I, if I didn't get on this podcast, if I didn't post my wrestling cards, I would never would have had a crack at that. So I think the more we can express ourselves and share our passion and be community driven the better experience we're going to all have and we all seek this question as i'm closing out this episode of why we collect and i think i like the roadblocks i like the obstacles i had my hand forced this week because i've been going really freaking hard down some wrestling card rabbit holes and lanes and i told myself it's like you know what i need to sell some of my cards and it puts I like that opportunity where I have to put my cards on judgment day and I have to decide these cards stay, these cards, these cards go. And I'm to the point now where every card that I send to the consigner, I have some sort of connection with. But this thing, again, I treat as a video game at some times and it feels like I'm jumping levels and going down different paths because my collector compass is taking me there. If it were easy, it wouldn't be fun. So we should always ask ourselves why we collect. And I know certainly right now for me, one of the reasons that I collect is because I love the way certain areas of this hobby makes me feel. And I hope you are all enjoying that and finding those areas too. never lose sight of your collector compass. If you don't have one, find one. Because once you get that direction, once you find those communities, and once you start to understand why you collect then you start enjoying this hobby at the highest of levels and find that maximum happiness. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hedges Cards on Friday episode. We're going to be talking about Panini one and one I think there's going to be a lot of passion in this one. You take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More Stacking Slides podcast later this week. Peace out. Peace out.